Hello and welcome to this week's GG Weekend Watch, kindly sponsored by Bet UK. Well, we're mixing codes this week because we have jump action at Kempton and Newcastle. And we will also be discussing all things flat with races from Lingfield this week. I shall be looking ahead to all of these races in the company of Daryl Carter and Andrew Mount, as per usual. And we had a good week last week, lads. So just to read out those results, we had uh, Floating Spirits. One at four to nine tip by Daryl, were cool. One at six to one tip by Andrew, and also bolstered by Daryl Captain Ord. One at eleven to two tip by me. Cloudy Glen placed at twenty eight to one tip by Daryl. Aramis Gray one at thirteen to eight tip by Daryl. And Shishkin one at two to one tipped up by Daryl as well. So Daryl, a few weeks ago, you were saying about your lack of form, and you were talking about this is the end, this is it. Now you've had what seven to one nap winning on your penultimate weekend. All of those results I just read out this time around. So, yeah, I'm glad to see that the tide has definitely turned for you. And more of the same this week, please, because we begin with flat action at Lingfield with a listed sprint stakes for four-year-olds and over, over five furlongs at 1.30, where Tony the Barone is currently the 5-2 to two favourite. Pretty open contest, Andrew. Who are you siding with? Um, I'm going with uh, Miss Nay Never um, for the Quinyard. Uh, she's a completely different animal on the all-weather compared to turf. And she's won eight of her 12 starts um, on synthetics, naught from 15 um, on, on grass. And um, she's yet to race here at Lingfield, but um, she's a three-time polytrack winner at Chelmsford. And uh, I, I thought she was pretty solid. She's got plenty of early toe. And um, uh, you look at the uh, the roll call of uh, call of honour of this race, then it generally goes to a horse who's up with the pace throughout. Uh, very rare for them to come from off the pace. You can get lulled into, oh, there's plenty of pace on here. I'll back a hold-up horse. I've fallen for that in the past. And then have mine sort of finish fourth or fifth, fifth at absolute best. Uh, Tone the Barone um, sort of loves Wolverhampton and uh, returned to form there last time out. He's generally one you can back in fields nine or fewer runners over five furlongs on the all weather and win about 50% of the time. He heads the market, though, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him go well. But uh, yeah, I'll go Miss Nay Never. Oh, Miss Nay Never. It's nine to two then for the bit of a winning machine of a mare uh, from Saw 10 there as well. So, yeah, like that a lot. That's Miss Nay Never. Daryl, who do you like? Yeah. Yeah, that was my concern with her, Kate. The, the draw is still 10. Um, do you got any stats on that, Andrew, about the, well, the wide draw? Yeah, you, do, you don't want to be, I mean, generally speaking at the moment at Lingford, you don't want to be anywhere near the inside rail, so I'd rather be 10 than 1. Because um, given her early toe and um, the, the the other pace angles of the race, she, that's going to put her off the rail in sort of position A, you would have thought, on the shoulder of the leader. So uh, I think she'll be in a great position from the outset. So I'd see 10 as, a as an advantage compared to uh, sort of store 1 or 2. Yeah, that that makes sense. She's the most progressive in the field, quite quite easily. A lot of these have sort of reached their level and are not are not kicking on, if you like. Um, and 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 to be honest, none of them have really got like absolute optimum conditions where, you know, that they love Lingfield, they love this time of year or anything like that. So I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if she could uh, if she could hit the frame. Definitely, I, I'd be a big fan of hers if I had to have a bet in the race. I haven't got a confident opinion um, in the contest to be honest. I thought um, the one that might be overpriced was last year's winner, One Night Stand who was a little bit better than the bare result here over six last time in listed company behind Anaf um, is one, again, that looks to be ridden very prominently up with the pace. I thought uh, six just tends to stretch his stamina. I think he's better over five, in my personal opinion. And that came after a long break. He's got a good record second time out. He's won for the last two years, second time out. I think this probably would have been the target for a repeat bid at this. Um, yeah, back down to five. I thought he could go well. He's around 33 to one, I think, or 20 to one or something like that. 20 to one. Maybe. Yeah, I've, I've got 20s here. But. Yeah, I thought that was quite quite big, really, considering there was a few in here with question marks. 
definitely like say a few question marks around so 20 to 1 about one night so why why would you call a horse that i just there's things like that just oh i just don't understand there must be a half, half sister to walk of shame <laughs> right we best leave that there before any of us say anything to get us in trouble right we'll move on to kenton now then for the grade two adonis juvenile hurdle four four-year-olds over two miles at 150 potentially some last minute Cheltenham clues here too so daryl who are you signing with yeah i like nesra and this for uh for joseph o'brien um typically a script writer is going to head the market but i don't think he's uh he's come from behind style is going to be well suited to kempton and all honesty i don't think they're going to go a good clip here for him um and to be honest the the form of of nursery it's uh debut win at punchestown ties in really closely with with script writer and comfort zone more so than the market's given it credit for uh nursery beat a horse called calico back in third that horse went and chased home dixie cove was beaten in a listed event narrowly next time obviously this uh dixie cove ties in with uh both script writer and comfort zone um I, I i think this is the best horse in the race i thought that the run in third at, in the frank night was was quite taking considering they sort of went a stop start gallop and nursery was tucked away on the inside had to get out and get a run only beaten by uh by lossy man from gala marcio who's going to be very prominent and um very well fancied i think for the triumph hurdle away for those uh, and and last time at fairy house he was beaten well beaten by blood destiny he's probably going to win the triumph um but he uh that was but that was on soft or heavy or heavy going that day and i just felt that they may have had a, an eye on a handicap rating for the boodles that day it's come out as a mark of 130 which is going to be sort of sort of stiff enough i guess for, for the boodles handicap and and this race is actually worth 45 grand and the boodles is worth 45 grand so this is obviously a much softer option for for joseph to come over here and pick this up i think there's more to come from this so i think that the horse is the best in the race by 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 a good distance to be honest with you and uh yeah i think four to one's a cracking price for six to one i think um uh, earlier in the week i don't expect i didn't think the market expected the horse to run but four to one's very generous i think getting five pounds off script writer i think you take a world beating in all honesty Oh, I like it a lot then. Yeah, Joseph O'Brien sending another one across the pond this time around and hopefully going to go back with more success for Nuzrate here. And like you say, it's kind of like the market's sort of forgotten that the Irish horses are better mm -hmm. than us here. <laughs> Four to one looks a bit of a gimme then about Nuzrate here. But uh, Andrew, who do you like? Yeah, I'm in agreement with Daryl with Nuzrate. Um, I mean, Joseph O'Brien has already um, plundered two of the biggest juvenile prizes in um, Britain this year with comfort zone. Who uh, won the finale at Chepstow and then because beat scriptwriter by three quarters of a length uh, at Cheltenham on Trials Day. Um, so, you know, he obviously knows where he stands with those. The better ground, as Daryl said, will help. Um, I didn't um, sort of want to back him earlier in this week because he was also entered in the opener at Fairy House on Saturday. So I wasn't sure where he was going to run. But I still think four to one looks fair enough. Rare Middleton's a little harder to assess. He was five to two on when um, winning comfortably at Taunton on soft ground. Um, he's yet to race on good ground, but you know his breeding, his bio claim suggests it shouldn't be a problem. As in Rare Middleton, could, you know, could be anything. But in terms of form in the book, you know, I know he was sort of beat a fair way, but it was behind Lossy Mouth, it was behind Blood Destiny, two of the leading fancies for the Triumph Hurdle. Uh, this is Nuzri, so uh, I, I think he, he's the one to beat. And um, yeah, he probably should be closer in the market to scriptwriter than two to one and four to one. I mean, scriptwriter's solid. Stick him in your place part. You know, three wins and a three-quarters of a length second in grade two company from four starts. Uh, Milton Harris won this race last year with uh, Knight Salute, of course. Um, he's sure to be there about. But, yeah, sort of, um, you know, back in us, Ray, have a little forecast, perhaps, a reverse forecast with scriptwriter. 
Yeah, you both made really strong cases. Are you expecting that four to one to stay around, but for Nizri? Are you expecting? Well, yeah, I mean, it, the, the nine to two, the last of the nine to two disappeared when the decks came out, and uh, I, I can imagine it be, would be under pressure. So I, I can see him going off, you know, um, sort of you know, eleven to four each or two script right for Nizri, perhaps. Yeah, so potentially, like I said, hopefully get those um, early prices now before the market might just reassess itself. Right, we're back to the flat for the Group 3 Winter Derby Stakes for four-year-olds and over, over MR2 at 205. But Lord North is the current odds-on favourite, but Andrew, how are you playing this one? Yeah, I'm not. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we haven't, we haven't really... Um, it's, it's quite sort of murky, isn't it? The sort of 10 furlongs of all weather seen at the moment in the Winter Derby, the Winter Derby trial. It's been... Um, you know, sort of difficult to sort of you know pin down a star in this sphere. I mean, Lord North has beaten in the race last year, finishing second. He's a seven-year-old now, so five to four on not for me. Uh, Forrester Dean um, w wouldn't be a you know a bad shout, but I think I'm going to go um, Tyrrhenian C for uh, Roger Varian, who um, you know just looks like you know he's a proper all-weather expert. Not from four on turf, five goes on synthetics. Uh, winner, winner, winner. Those were all at Newcastle. He's then gone to Kempton. He was two to one on, but he, was, he met trouble. He only got beaten half length in fourth. And then last time out, you know, again, Newcastle beaten half length. So, you know, maybe um, you know, back on, on the all weather, Tyrrhenian Sea you know, each way might be the way to go in the race. But I wasn't particularly enamoured with the uh, the contest as a whole. I was relying on you to come up with another angle, <laughs> betting angle into this race. So at least you have given us Tyrrhenian C then seven to one for an each way play. But not overly inspired is Andrew Darrell. Are you any more? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> um, I'd love this part. I just couldn't find any any race, any, any angle to take on Lord North, really. And I'm not overly enamoured about trying to back him at odds on. Um, look, he's £12 clear on the ratings, but... I don't know. Just, he's just an untrustworthy horse at the best of times, isn't he? Um, yeah, I, I, no opinion, Kate. Sorry, I can't give you a selection. Do not worry at all. You've both been very much agreeing with that. At least we have eight runners, I guess, for Andrew's each way play then. But uh, yeah, we hope that all eight will stand their ground just to try and give us any sort of other angle. But yeah, not overly inspired by that. Like I say, Lord North isn't the most trustworthy out of animals at the best of time, let alone at odds on. But we have more grade two action up next at Kempton with the Pendle Novices chase four five-year-olds and over over two mile, four and a half furlongs at 225. Five declared runners here, Daryl. So who are you siding with? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to be with Solo for Paul Nichols. He's got a great record in this race. Won this the last two years with the De La Hay runners. Um, and then uh, he's won it six times from the last 10. I just thought that Boot Hill was not a two and a half miler. I thought he was a, a definite two miler. So I wanted to sort of take him on stepping up and trip. I didn't think that his run last time behind Tommy's Oscar suggested he wanted to go up and trip. So I just think this is just that circumstance that they're just going to run him. So I wanted to take him on, especially giving away five pounds. Um, that's all right. Gino's a horse I've been a big fan of all season. Uh, I thought he ran really well at Shelton behind Stage Star. Uh, he was sort of midfield. It was a really slowly run race. If, like Stage Star, everyone was hoped up about him after winning that. He actually would have been beaten, but 13 lengths by Il Rodito, Il Rodoto on the same card. So... It was like he was well positioned. That's right, Gino wasn't, so his performance deserved to be upgraded slightly. The concern I've got with him is going right-handed and at Kempton. Now, these fences at Kempton, they come quite quickly at you, and his jumping is not the best um, when he's under optimal conditions, let alone on a sharp right-handed track like this. Go back to the Tollworth, uh, to the, yeah, the Tollworth, where he ran against Constitution Hill. I think that was his last run right-handed. Jumped out to the left over hurdles. Now, there's no signs that he 
when he's been going left-handed that he would jump out to the left. But it, it does just concern me that they've not gone right-handed. They have kept him left-handed. For all I think he is a, an absolute winner and waiting over two and a half miles, I don't think these are his, his absolute ideal conditions. So I think Solo's the, the rock-solid horse um, here for me. I think he, he's better going right-handed. I thought he bumped into a bit of a handicap plot in Balco Coastal at Kempton on Boxing Day. He's had a good break since then. He's had a wind operation. He likes it around here. The ground is going to be absolutely fine for him. Um, I think he ticks a lot of boxes. Uh, so I thought 7-2 was fair. Yeah, he's already been backed in from 11 to 2 as well into 7 to 2. Mm. So, solo, the rock solid option and taking on those two at the head of the market. Good cases made against those two by Daryl Andrews. So, who do you like? Yeah, I tipped solo earlier in the week. He's, say, Nichols, 11 runners in this race in the past 10 years, six winners, profit of £9.25 to £1 stake. Had you back them blind. He relies on solo from his two entries in the five day stage. He probably hasn't won the races he should. I mean, over fences, it's a win, four seconds from, you know, from seven, seven runs. I thought he's going to be first or second. Um, the wind up, I think, might um, make that first place a bit more likely than it was looking uh, before I realised he'd had one. Uh, didn't like Boot Hill because of the trip. Didn't like that's all right, Gino, because of the um, the track. Like he was pulled up in Constitution Hills, Tolworth the last time he ran this way round. He's avoided right-handed tracks since then. His only other right-handed run was at Market Raisin on his debut when he was beaten. Um, he can obviously forgive that because he lacked experience, but it does seem quite significant that you know, given he's trained by Jamie Snowden, who has lots of runners at the likes of you know, sort of Kempton, Sandown, Wincanton, that uh, you know, perhaps he has you know mostly been campaigned on left-handed tracks. He still needs to con prove conclusively that he stays this far. As Daryl says, you know, he probably you know, he probably does, but it's another sort of slight negative about a horse who's uh, prominent in the betting. I mean, the other uh, the other one I was interested in just on his course form really was JJ Riley. He's won two from three here. Um, so my, my sort of place pop preview had solo over JJ Riley, and I'll probably play play that pair in a reverse tote exactor as well. Have you two been comparing notes before yeah, we came yeah, on? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, this is becoming more. I think that all of us are spending far too much time together because all of our thoughts are starting to merge. Which is a, I mean, Daryl is words like enamoured now, isn't he? So, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, read dictionaries. <laughs> yeah, three syllables we're going with now on all words <laughs> for the level that we're up to now. Because uh, yeah, honestly, I'm I'm slightly I don't know if I'm pleased or slightly concerned the fact that you two are just well, like a I mean, the some someone at the higher up at GG Towers is going to work out that they can just have one of us and uh, play, play <laughs> exactly. The pair of you two start disagreeing right now so we can all keep our jobs. Right, and hopefully you'll disagree on this next one because it's a good betting heat up next. This is the Coral Trophy Handicap Chase back at Kempton again. Now a premier handicap by Brodson over over three miles. The old racing post chase, of course. But Andrew, who are you backing? Um, oh, Killer Clown um, oh. for for the Emma Lavelle Yard. Um, funny old race, this one. I mean, again, Captain Orr. Um, you know, we talked about him last week, didn't we? Because he ran in that race at Ascot. Mm -hmm. When I was against him because his sort of you know, um, you know recent um, wins to runs ratio was sort of pretty modest, one from eighteen prior to that win. But I, I guess on revisiting that, you look at it, you think, yeah, he, he does do flipping well at this time of year. I think five of his last six wins have come from sort of mid February to mid March, and um, so obviously they didn't think that um, winning that 
big valuable contest at uh, Ascot last week was going to uh, put pain to his chances here. And some I'm not so keen on. I tipped him up here last time out and uh, he's got a phenomenal record in December and January. I think he's won his last five starts in those months. Outside that period, not so good. I know we're only, um, you know, sort of a few weeks away from that peak period of his, but he wasn't for me at the price. Um, and uh, as for the yeah, um, killer, killer clown, but just be careful because there's killer cane and killer yeah. clown. Now, I, I did tip Killer Kane when he won uh, last time, napped him up in my column because he basically comes good at this time of year in small fields on right-handed tracks. Possibly a few too many runners for him, but I wouldn't be um, you know, sort of surprised to see him run well also. But Killer Clown tends to come good in his first start after the new year. I think it's first, second, third, second. And... Uh, uh, yeah, we last saw him in action at Newbury behind course expert Paint the Dream, finishing out the back of the telly. But you look at you know, last last season, he was well beaten at Newbury uh, at the same meeting, the, uh, the the what was the Hennessy meeting. First time out the new year, bang, he wins by uh, you know nine lengths. Go back to the year before, he was you know beaten, um, um, you know sort of. Um, Beat, beat in sort of November time, takes a few runs to come to hand. One on Boxing Day, first run of the new year. We had to wait till early March. He's finished a good second uh, of 14. And then again, you know, the year before that, he's um, he, he's done a similar thing as well. He's come out and finished third at 10 to 1, beating a length and a quarter on his uh, on his first New Year start. So um, running fresh on better ground, I, I think he's going to suit Killer Clown. He was 25s at the start of the week. I think he's about 16s, and that's under pressure now. Yeah, like I said, that is under pressure at the minute. Well, just, yeah, so, yeah, quick mention, he's got a good record here at Kempton. He does need to conclusively prove that he stays um, a three-mile trip, but I'll take the chance of the price. Exactly, but price giving you that chance with Killer Clown for Andrew Darrow. Who do you like? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> sorry, Andrew is coming in in the betting and Amon is drifting out in the betting. Oh, no, <laughs> at this yeah. stage already. I'm with, um, I'm with our, our power uh, again. Um, I liked him at Ascot when he when he dotted up over Danny Kerwin. Uh, I thought he was being saved for a, another race. He's got a good record fresh, been off the track 119 days. He, he prefers good ground. And sort of the main angle really was I thought there was so much pace in the race that I thought it would just suit him, suit him really well. He ran in this race last year. He finished uh, third to Captain North, but he was staying on really, really strongly at the finish, and he just hit the final fence. He would have finished much closer than the eight lengths beaten suggests. Uh, so I, that was off one three six, off one four one here. But he's progressive. He's unexposed at this trip, and his last start just confirmed that he definitely wants three miles. And I just think a real test today um, with the likes of Frode on in here, Bob Hope, No Hope. Um, who asked us that he was going to go forward and Sam, maybe Sam Canvados will be ridden forwardly. Like, I just thought there was a lot of pace on in the race. I think it could just set up for him. He has won here before. Um, he's fairly handicapped. He's still only an eight year old. And I think around, it was definitely around 17 to two now on the top price is, uh, is well worth it. I think. Oh, good. Yeah, you're confirming one of my fears with my own selection here with that hold up uh, angle because I am siding with Ansam and I am very fearful of, of him um, just not getting the uncontested lead that he's, well, not going to want as such, but obviously saw such good effect last time out. Um, and I know he's heading the market in many places, but to me, it's still a fair price at five to one win only because it's either plus or bust with him here. Hopefully to back up that course and distance win from last time out. It was just an absolute demolition job from him where he got into a great rhythm. And if you had sided with him, you were never really in much fear whatsoever. 
um, because he was just loving it out there. He got into such a good jumping rhythm, jumping boldly. He is unlikely to get the same uncontested lead here, which is a huge concern. And the fact that this race has resulted in so many pace burnouts in recent renewals as well. Um, and he did fail also. Why am I just saying all these things? He also failed to give his running in this race last year as well because <laughs> he jumped poorly. Um, all the negatives. Feel... Yeah, exactly. Why well, I've actually taught myself back around. I'm laying. Lay the back. Lay, lay. <laughs> No, I'm still siding with him. I've, I've made my bed now. I may as well lie in it because I think the seven pound rise for last time out does remain very fair. So hopefully he gives his running this time around at the back end of February as well. Oh God, well, I was convincing there, wasn't I? Uh, but we do have another big handicap chase up next in the form of the Ida handicap chase for five rows and over. Over four mile one at 325 at Newcastle. And it's that combination of Christian Williams and Jack Tudor to the four again. They team up with Kitty's Light here, who heads the betting as the 11 to 4 favourite. I thought it was interesting that Jack Tudor is coming up to ride Kitty's Light and Kian Quirk gets the ride on Captain Ord here, Daryl, probably to offset the fact he's one pound wrong in that uh, Coral Trophy chase. But who wins the Ida for you? Yeah, I think Kitty's Light wins it, to be honest. Um, he's brilliant, isn't he? Christian Williams at, yeah. at sort of target in these sort of races. Um, this horse. I thought all season I was trying to think. I even tweeted him actually and asked him, where where are you plotting Kitty's light for? Um, this race didn't come into my mind at all, but it does definitely make sense going back up to three, uh, going back up to four miles. Last year in April, um, ran an excellent second to, to win my wings as the stable mate in the uh, in the Scottish Grand National off a mark of 143. It's 11 pounds lower now, and that horse, the winner, it's rated 153. So, like, in handicapping terms, Kitty's Light is very well treated. Uh, I just think that Jack Tudor is just going to have to sort of avoid any sort of trouble in running. I suppose that would be your biggest concern, given Kitty's Light likes to be held up. Uh, but I thought I thought he caught the eye a little bit behind Anne Sam. Look, he was well beaten, 19 lengths, but he was one of the only horses staying on down that home straight at Kempton. Um, look, the price is obviously the price, isn't it? But I, I this is this is just the right race for Kitty's Light, I think. And uh, yeah, I, I know I know this normally goes to older horses that in the last eight years or whatever they've no horse younger than nine, but this horse has still got plenty of improvement to come. I think Kitty's Light and. Uh, Definitely a stayer to keep on side. He's an anomaly as a seven-year-old, anyway, isn't he? Given yeah. how of these staying contests he's he's running. So, like I say, he's got all of that experience, regardless of his age, anyway. So, another big Saturday win for Christian Williams. This is kind of his time to come good, really. For Daryl Andrew, who do you like? Yeah, uh, funny old race. Uh, I'd forgotten my um, eight-year-old, eight-year, eight-year-olds or younger horses have struggled in this race. Uh, not from forty-one in the last uh, since twenty fourteen. Um, when I tipped Babington Bob in uh, Racing and Football Outlook on Tuesday. I bet Babington Bob because of his love of, um, you know, sort of stiff tracks. And um, he's had four runs here and at Hexham, two at each venue. He's, he's won them all. Blinkers go on for the first time. Um, that was a little bit of a surprise. I mean, 12 of the 15 runners in this race wear some form of headgear. It's actually, yeah, you, know, yeah. you could have bet every horse aged nine or older who wasn't wearing headgear and made a good profit in recent years. Um, so there's, there's only three that uh, don't have it on. Um, yeah, Kid is Light. I mean, you know, age factor aside, I mean, he ch chased home uh, Captain Nord in the, uh, the big race at Campton on the corresponding week last year. So it's obviously significant they've come for this rather than go for um, that prize again. So I thought he had a chance of reversing the form of the winner. So, I, you know, he's got every chance. 11-4, short enough, I think, isn't it? So, I mean, you know, maybe 
possibly each way double with Captain Nord might be sort of one way to um, sort of in include them in your calculations. I'll, I'll stick with Barrington Bob, despite the age factor. The other two I was interested in, um, one more flurry, one more flurry for Ian Williams, who's a spring horse, um, got beaten in a match at Catterick last time out, but I think he's going to win a race at some point this spring. Probably not this one, as he's 40 to 1, but uh, do bear in mind for sort of quicker ground in March, April time. Uh, and the other bet, one I'll probably put in my column is Amateur. Um, not my namesake, contrary to popular belief. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, again, this horse is a um, is a good statistical fit. And it's all about the ground with him as well. And, uh, um, and second run after a break as well. Now, last time out, he was 125 to one. He's finished six of the 12 at Hereford on soft ground. He wasn't beating a million miles, got beaten 12 lets. That was his first run since June. Now you go back to um, uh, last season. You know, again, um, second run back. Um, you know, he's uh, he's a winner. Uh, he got beaten on, uh, in February, second run of the new year. Came back in April, won at Foss last. Um, same thing the, you know, the year before as well. He's um, he, he's got he's unseated on his on his comeback. On his first run of the year, second next time out at your Togster, go back to you know, keep going back a little bit further, you know, even sort of 2017, um, you know, beaten on his first run of the year, wins second time out. So good ground, second run after a break. Uh, I think amateur who was 50s, then 33s, now 25s best. Um, might run some sort of race for John Flint here, the 10-year-old. Go amateur, then the 10-year-old, 25 to 1 as one bet. Do keep an eye on one more flurry, the outsider of the field at 40 to 1. But your main play, though, is going to be Babington Bob too. To defy your own age statistics then, Andrew, so nicely done with that one. Uh, I'm siding with two in this. I'm hoping that we talk about the pace angle for this race. I'm going to side with hopefully a horse at either end of that pace because I, I just didn't exactly know how it was going to transpire the pace in this year's race. But the first is Bushy Park, who takes an awful lot of boxes for me on his seemingly bounce back form in his last two starts, finishing second at Newcastle on his penultimate start over hurdles, proving that that was no fluke of a return to form just five days later, winning off of the same mark at Catterick last time out over fences. He certainly saved a trip last time out over three mile six, and he jumped really well. So despite the eight-pound rise, he remained five-pound below his pre last previous winning mark. I'm just concerned about him on the front doing too much too soon. So I'm also signing with a hold-up performer in Houston, Texas, who's 16 to 1. And he posted a much better effort back over fences last out four for Newcastle over two miles seven. But we know he gets further than that trip. He remains likely race for a nine-year-old. Only 11 starts under rules, three point points to his name. So he's down two pounds for last time out and should have more to offer. Sorry if you could hear the door in the background. That's my postman leaving me a note to go to the depot to pick up whatever I've ordered now. <laughs> I'm convinced my postman hates me. He hates me. He must be able to see that I'm here. And he always takes it back. So, oh, have, you got, have, you, got, have you got any neighbours you can leave it with? Or is your house too big and your neighbours are two miles away? Is it? Oh, exactly. On the estate. No, it would only be the gatekeeper <laughs> at the entrance, Andrew. And he's off around the grounds at the minute. So, unfortunately, right. he's uh, probably not in to pick it up. So, yeah. yeah I hope, no, hope your depot's not what... If your depot's like my depot, they're open for 10 minutes at uh, 3 o'clock in the morning on Thursdays. Yes, yes, exactly that. And they don't tell you when they're open. They don't leave it on the note. You have to go there to find out that they're shut as well. Oh, honestly. Yeah. But one of one of my pet peeves in life is just the post, basically. <laughs> anyway, on a brighter note, we finish off our final scheduled races back at Kempton with the grade two Dovecut novices hurdle for four-year-olds and over over two miles at 3.40. Seven declared runners here. So, Andrew, who wins it? Uh, 
not Rubo, Rubard, Rubo, um, the uh, the Nichols run. I wasn't um, uh, particularly keen on him last time out when he ran in the Betfair Hurdle. He raced freely as he had done when beaten over course and distance um, the time before. He's got the hood on for the first time. Might help him settle, or if he's anything like um, Nichols' previous class one runners in the first time hood, he's going to get beat. All 14 have previously. Um, so he, he's on the drift. I, I thought Hansard was solid enough, um, two from two since switched to hurdles and joining Gary Moore. Um, but the, the price is nothing to write home about. The, the one I like is Imperial Bead, which I, I'm gutted I didn't put up in my column when he won at Huntington last time because he was a, <clears throat> can I say non triumph non jigger? Uh, ridden, oh, you have now. <laughs> ridden, ridden considerately. Um, you know, you go back and watch the video of his Leicester run on the 1st of December. And uh, he's 25 to 1. He's staying on well up the straight. And John Joe O'Neill, it's, I mean, it's a piss taking ride, basically. Well, you know, it's absolutely just great. You know, it's like, you, it's not, it, it's difficult to sort of run up the back of horses when there's only like three of them in contention in the closing stages. But he managed it. And uh, he's got beaten four and a bit lengths. And uh, next time out, he's 16s into eights and he's won easily at Huntingdon. Uh, that was a maiden hurdle. He's up in grade, but uh, yeah, I think there's probably more to come from him. Interesting, they're not trying to take advantage of his handicap mark of 120 and coming here instead. But I think there's a lot more to come from Imperial Bead, and they must be thinking, well, you know, why didn't we actually win that Leicester race when he was 25 to one? It would have been uh, uh, perhaps the thing to do. So yeah, I think uh, Imperial Bead over Hansard is the way to play it. Yeah, and Imperial be probably better than the official rating even suggests of 120, so you can understand why he's going to this grade two contest, Daryl. Uh, who, who are you signing with? Raboud. <laughs> oh, okay, here we go. Now we've got our disagreement we wanted. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I thought he ran a blinder at the Betfair hurdle. Um, I wasn't keen on him that day either, to be honest, but I thought he actually ran a blinder. He was very, very keen for, God, the best part of the race, three quarters of the race, and uh, he just finally gave way at the, just coming down to the last. Um, I think he's a, I think he's a progressive horse. The time we clocked at Kempton, here at Kempton, um, back in, on Boxing Day, was really, really good. And uh, I think there's more to come from him. It's interesting they turn him out quickly, 14 days later, at this particular meeting, where Paul Nichols seems to target a lot of his um, decent young horses. Like Andrew said, the hood goes on for the first time. 23% stroke rate when putting a hood on um, doesn't really bother me if he's had a few losers. I just think that this, I think the, the hood would definitely suit this particular horse. If you go back to his, um, back to his couple of runs at, at Taunton last year, he was very, very keen there as well. Um, but, uh, and he was very keen in, in this, on this card actually last year when he was beaten 45 lengths by Night Salute in the Adonis. But I think, um, I, I think there's more to come from him. Uh, I think his form ties in nicely with uh, with Master Chewy with Hansard at the top of the market, and uh, yeah, it'd be it'd be the one for me. I think he'd handle the course and the ground perfectly. So, uh, Darryl, um, just going back to Nichols in a hood, um, he, you would make a loss back in him, and it's eighteen percent in his career. I don't know. Have you got how long have you gone back to the twenty three percent? Only only a couple of years. Right. Um, yeah, I understand you make a loss back in him, but I'm only back in one, so I only need one to win. <laughs> <laughs> one to buck the trend, yeah. yeah. And it may as well be Rubard then at three to one in that 340 at Kempton. So, Daryl, I'll go back to you, please, for anything from anywhere else. Uh, yeah, there's a couple to keep an eye on, actually. Um, Carter Harla in the 245 at Ferry House um, bolted up last time, loads in hand. Um, it's in a handicap, and I think the market's going to be made by American Mike, who's actually running in a handicap of 138, but American Mike can't jump. I think this one's got plenty more to come, so keep an eye on him. There's a potential qualifier, the final potential qualifier at 307 at Chepstow. I 
Dubrovnik Harry interests me going up to three miles. I think he's a stayer. He tends to be given too much to do over two miles and two and a half miles. I think he could improve. And uh, Al Muzain in the 350 at Lingfield. Green as grass last time at, uh, at Lingfield. Bumped into a really smart one. We'll probably only need to one up to around 70 to win. If he can't, he probably won't be with Roger Varian for much longer. So uh, Al Muzain in the 350. Lots of other ways to play extra bits of racing there for Daryl Andrew. Who else do you like? A um, couple of runners at Kempton in the 410. Scarpia for Nicky Henderson. Um, second run after a wind operation. Showed a lot more at Huntington last time, finishing third at 40 to 1. Been a length and a half and uh, did best of those to uh, come from off the pace. 445, Kempton's Foxborough second in the race last year. Good ground will suit and uh, hasn't got phlegmatic to uh, cope with this time. Oh, cool. Yeah, so Foxborough then for that second one in the 4.45 at Kempton. And Andrew, surprise, surprise. I'm going to on you again. Your nap for Saturday, please. Um, crikey. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. I'll go Amateur <laughs> in the Ida. Oh, okay. Amateur. Whoa, okay. Fair price nap then for Andrew. Uh, Daryl? Yeah, Nurse Ray in the Adonis. Oh yeah, has to be now. So that seemed a while ago that we spoke about his chances now. But yeah, four to one looks a bit of a gimme of a price at the time of recording for Nurse Ray for Dara and I will go. And Sam, why not? Uh, win or nothing, I think, for him in the three o'clock at Kempton, the Coral Trophy Handicap Chase. So thank you so much to Dara and for Andrew for all of your hard work on this week's show. Thank you to our sponsors, Bet UK. Thank you to you for watching and do enjoy the action this weekend.